0: Chapter 8 of the Book of This and That. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The Book of This and That by Robert Lind. Chapter 8 Saint G. B. S. and the Bishop. There has been a delightful correspondence going on in the Times about Mademoiselle Gabby Deslys. It owed not a little of its charm, I suspect, to the fact that none of the correspondents had seen Gabby. The Bishop of Kensington had not seen her. Mr. H. B. Irving had not seen her. Mr. Bernard Shaw had not seen her. So they quarrelled furiously over her, as men have always quarrelled over the unseen. And if Aesop had been alive, he might have got a fable out of the affair. The Bishop made the mistake at the beginning of calling upon the censor to suppress Gabby, Mr. Shaw, at mention of the censor, immediately saw Red and Gabby of the Lilies presented herself to his inflamed vision as a beautiful damsel who was about to be made a meal of by an ecclesiastical monster. He at once challenged the bishop to battle, a battle of theories. The bishop unfortunately had no theory with him. He took his stand upon the law. After the manner of Shylock he insisted upon his pound of flesh mr shaw of course who bristled with theories could not stand this so he gave the bishop his choice of theories and even put several into his mouth and forced a conflict upon him and it was a famous victory but what they fought each other for i could not well make out perhaps mr shaw himself did not quite know but he made during the fight some weird statements which are well worth examination one of these was that in regard to sex as in regard to religion it is very difficult to say what is good and what is evil and more difficult still to suppress the one without suppressing the other so much is this so according to mr shaw that one man seeing a beautiful actress will feel that she has made all common debaucheries impossible to him another seeing the same actress in the same part will plunge straight into those debaucheries because he has seen her body without seeing her soul but why choose a beautiful actress for the argument? The matter can only be debated fairly if we take the case of an actress whose lure is not beauty, but some indecency of attitude, gesture, or phrase, which is meant to awaken the debauchee keeping house in the breast of each of us with the ineffectual angel, and which either does this or bores us into the bar. I do not, I may say, refer to Gabby Deslees, whom I too have not seen. I made more than one attempt, but the crush of beauty-lovers was too great. It is quite easy to imagine an actress such as I have described. Most of us have, in the course of many hours misspent in music-halls, seen her. To say that she may do good as well as harm is the same as saying that an indecent photograph may do good as well as harm. If this is to be the last word on the subject, then there is no logical reason why we should not decorate the walls of elementary schools with indecent photographs instead of maps and teach the children limericks instead of lady clara vere de vere and the wreck of the hesperus mr shaw may retort that he would allow any man who did not find indecent photographs and limericks objectionable to have his fill of them but that he would not allow him to thrust them upon children but this is to pass a moral judgment if it is not certain whether the dangers of the sensual parodies of the arts are greater than the dangers of religion or say of geography there is surely no more reason for preserving the children from one than from the other even if we waive this point for the sake of argument is mr shaw's other position tenable that if we consider any form of entertainment objectionable we should show our disapproval not by trying to have it stopped but simply by staying away from it surely even in the music-hall performances there is a line to be drawn somewhere we can no more be sure where good ends and evil begins than we can be sure where light ends and darkness begins but we all have a good enough notion of when it is dark and it is not so very difficult to tell when a music-hall turn is out of bounds some people it may be granted run to excess in their sense of propriety they are as delicate as the lady who when carving a chicken at table used to inquire will you have a wing or a limb on the other hand there is an equally large number of people who have no delicacy at all but who are always ready to greet the obscene with a cheer their favorite meal of entertainment is brutality for an entree and sensuality for a sweet they can even mix their dishes at times as many years ago in paris when a woman stripped to the waist and with her hands tied behind her back used to get down on her knees and wait for rats to be loosed out of a cage and kill them one by one with her mouth is there no reason for suppressing a show of this kind except that it is rough on rats i think there is it deserves suppression because it is what we call in a vague word degrading it is easy enough for a lively imagination to picture as beastly a scene in which there would be no rats present and which even if a thousand youths and maidens were willing to pay night after night to see it, would still be a case for the police. One cannot help feeling that in attacking the bishop in regard to the liberty of music halls, Mr. Shaw has allowed himself to be made angry by the way in which the church nearly always concentrates on sex when it wishes to make war on sin. Probably he does well to be angry." it is always worth while to denounce the Church for making morality so much an affair of abstinences. On the other hand, the Church and the prophets have realized, by a wise instinct, that this planet on which we live tends perpetually to become a huge disorderly house, and that the history of the world is largely the history of a struggle for decency. At times, no doubt, the world has also been in danger of being converted into a tyrannous Sabbath school, but that was usually an aftermath of disorder. There is no denying that the average human being finds it far easier to learn to leer than to learn to sing psalms. The fight against the leer is one of the first necessities of civilization. It may be argued that a policeman cannot be sent in pursuit of a leer as he can in search of a pickpocket, and that if he were, he would more probably than not run it to earth in some masterpiece of art or literature. But what about the leer when it has been isolated? when it has no more connection with art or literature than with Esperanto. Mr. Shaw seems to think that even in that case the attempt to suppress it would be a form of persecution. But is it persecution to take action against pickpockets or against employers who dodge the factory acts, or against the corrupters of children? Surely there are offenses that are capable of being dealt with by magistrates only the most innocent optimist can believe that sweating for instance can be put an end to by public opinion in the abstract as effectively as it can be stopped by public opinion acting through the police it is no argument to say that if we suppress certain music-hall turns because we dislike them those who object to the theory of the atonement have an equal right to try to suppress the teaching and preaching of that doctrine might not the same argument be used against interference with thieves and forgers or still more extreme criminals in the pursuit of their livelihood after all supposing the methodists added to the calvinist and wesleyan varieties already in existence a new sect of say aphrodisiac methodists it is quite easy to conceive not only public opinion but the police interfering with it with the approval of the mass of moral and immoral citizens similarly if a sect of particular baptist thugs made its appearance its religious complexion would hardly save it from suppression. There might still be half a dozen apostles of religious freedom who would tell you that you could not logically take action against the thugs and the aphrodisiacs without preparing the way for the prohibition of Bible reading and for burning psalm-singers at the stake. But common sense knows better. It knows that there are certain things which must be put down, either by public opinion or by the police, if the world is to remain a place into which it is worth a child's while to be born. It knows, too, that the liberty to seek after truth and beauty in one's own way does not necessarily involve the liberty to say or to do whatever beastly thing one pleases, even if thousands of people enjoy it. If it did, then the censor's interference with Mrs. Warren's profession would be an act of the same kind as Scotland Yard's interference with the worst kind of night-clubs. At the same time one need not deny that the difficulty of deciding what should be suppressed, and what should not, is immense. I see that in some part of the world or other Isidore Duncan's dancing has been prohibited. I myself have met a lady who, when she was taken to see Madame Duncan, was in an agony of blushes till she got out into the street. But she sat through the merry widow without turning a hair. What, then, is to be the test in these matters? On the whole, I think it is a good rule to fight against the suppression of anything that can, by any stretch of the imagination, be considered honestly intended or beautiful in the arts one can believe without causistry beauty ultimately transforms the beast but there are forms of art literature and drama which are nothing else than a kind of indecent exposure let us give them the benefit of the doubt so long as there is a doubt but when there is no doubt let them be given the benefit of the policeman i wonder whether mr shaw would have argued so fiercely on the other side if the bishop had not dragged in the censor if the controversy had not got mixed up with the censorship Indeed, it would have greatly simplified matters. Mr. Shaw seems to have begun to belabor the bishop from a feeling that a blow to the bishop was a blow to the censor. But having once begun, he seems to have gone on simply because he enjoyed beating a bishop. And of the remains there were gathered up twelve baskets full. But all the same, I cannot help feeling that the bishop perished in a good cause. End of chapter 8 Recording by Philip Gould